Good morning. It's so good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to start a new series uh, as we gather together in in these mornings together called Love Revolution. And uh, it's really come out of some time that I've been spending myself and uh, looking at my own Christian walk. I've been a Christian 37 years and uh, more recently seeking a a more vibrant, alive um, experience of my discipleship with Jesus. And it really comes out of that. So it's not just an idea to share, but it's a journey to join together on. So that's where we'll be going. And so over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at this theme together, Love Revolution. You know, Jesus was a revolutionary. When we read and look in the New Testament and the way in which his life is portrayed throughout the New Testament, it was a revolutionary life. He changed the world in which he lived, the society in which he was born into. And to this day, the world has been changed uh, by, by, amazingly, there's something in the region of 2.3 billion people on the face of this planet that would say that they are Christians. Jesus was the most amazing revolution. He didn't do it by force. He didn't do it by war. He didn't do it with, out of anger. He didn't do it via the sword of the day. He didn't use guerrilla warfare when we think of revolution, but love, the amazing love of God. And uh, that love is a supernatural love, the love of God the Father. He said things like, bless those that curse you. Uh, he, he, he went on to say, love your enemy. He said this on the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Such was the power of the supernatural love of his father in in his own life. And he then shared that with his disciples upon his death and resurrection and their trust in him. We see that the disciples took this same message of love, this revolution of love was carried in their own lives in the most profound and powerful way. We see this um, evidenced in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, Verse 6, some years later, a pagan mob were taking some of the disciples before a governor and they were said in their wake, these are the people turning the world upside down. Revolution, all through the power of the love of God. And so we find that the Christian life is a revolutionary life. To be a Christian is to be a, a love revolutionary at least it is when it's fueled by the power of the love of God. And that's probably the key to our lives, your life and my life as a Christian, is that our, our lives are to be fueled by the very love of Jesus, the very love of God, the very love and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read uh, from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, as we introduce this theme today. So it's a bit of a brief introduction, and then we'll unpack this in the weeks ahead. But I'm really excited about this as we join a journey together and we look to unpack this as a church. And if you're joining us, we're really glad that you're joining us on the journey. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40 reads like this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and uh, and the Pharisees uh, uh, when they'd got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him. He was a scribe and he said with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is a man who was a scribe, an expert in the law. Verse 37 reads like this. Jesus replied, love, immediately he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. A scribe comes to Jesus seeking to find out from him what is the greatest commandment and probably at the same time looking to try to outwit him. And he is surprised, incredibly surprised by Jesus' answer. A little bit of context to that reading just for a moment or two so that we can get an idea of where Jesus would have been coming from. Um, The scribes were um, the people of the day who collated and interpreted the law. The Sadducees was a a, a religious party of people, uh, religious people that didn't believe in the resurrection, hence they were Sadducee. The Pharisees uh, were a party that followed the resurrection and gave many, many laws. And the scribes were another religious group that were used to interpret and collate those laws. And so the scribes, uh, those that looked at the law, were very powerful and feared. Powerful because uh, uh, they um, interpreted and applied the law in a, in, a, in a legal way, feared because people thought if they spend all their time looking at the law, they must be very holy, very pure. And so people feared them uh, also. And uh, to get an idea at that time, at that time when Jesus was speaking, the, 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 scri- the scribes looked at 613 different laws, the Ten Commandments, and looking at Deuteronomy and Leviticus, the religious parties and leaders of the day found that there were in total 613 laws and sub-laws that were written in the scriptures and that they felt that God had given. And uh, those laws, 613 laws, were um, looked upon in uh, positive to-do laws, negative not-to-do laws. And the positive to-do laws were the more weighty laws and the negative ones were less weighty. And it, it, it had become a really religiously complicated time and season. And quick as a flash, and this was incredible at the time, and this, this shouldn't be lost, maybe lost on us in a modern context, but quick as a flash, Jesus gets to the main thing. He gets to the point, and he brings everything together. And he, he, he looks at two, he brings two and forms one. And he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and your soul. And then one that's like it, love your neighbour as yourself. He takes one from Deuteronomy, one from the book of Leviticus, and uh, he brings them together as one. And uh, the scribe is astounded. Everyone is astounded. And Jesus brings the complexity down to a simplicity, but a glorious, amazing simplicity um, of life. You know, the heart of the matter of life is a matter of the human heart. And so Jesus says, love God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. Jews would have known that, but there was all these other things that had got in the way and uh, had eclipsed the very heart of what it was on about. And it's the matter of the human heart. And uh, it's the revolution of the heart um, isn't based on rules or regulations, but on a beautiful love relationship with God the Father, with Jesus the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. You can't make regulations. You can't regulate this love. It comes out of a relationship with God the Father. And this was astounding at the time. And it's astounding for you and I today. You know, religion is about regulations, what I've got to do, what I mustn't do. But uh, relationship is about loving God and knowing his love in our hearts 
and then me wanting to live for him it, because I'm responding to his love. You can't legislate for that. You can only experience that and begin to live that. And this is what Jesus is calling us to do, calling them to do at the time and calling us to do today. And so this is the very heart of discipleship then. This is the heart of discipleship, and it's this. Love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love others and love our world in which we live. This is what, in effect, Jesus was basically saying by these two laws, bringing them together as one. And so, just briefly, I want to unpack that in the next few moments as we look at those three things, and then in the weeks ahead, we'll look at different aspects of this. First of all, love God, says Jesus. This gets really to the very heart, and it deals with our hearts. And this is so what was so spectacular, and this is why the scribe was quite amazed. And then Jesus said to the scribe, you're not far from the kingdom yourself gets right to the very heart and wants to get right to your heart and my heart this morning. The first thing is this. Number one is to love God. Jesus says in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In everything that you've got, get close to me. And uh, perhaps you've heard me say, you know, perhaps it's not another course that we need in the modern Christian world today. We just need to get closer. It was a throw, you might think, a bit of a throwaway statement a few weeks ago. But I'm absolutely convinced of this now in my own heart and life as I'm going on my own journey at this time. Perhaps I just need to get closer to him. Sometimes the courses have got in the way of the closeness and that's the desire. This is exactly what Jesus was saying um, in a most profound way. Um, A man called Brother Lawrence, he was a Carmelite, uh, in a Carmelite monastery. He he was a brother in a Carmelite monastery, died in 1691. And uh, he became famous for his deep relationship with God, his intimacy with Jesus and his relationship with God. And um, years after his his death, um, a book was written called Practicing the Presence of God. He he became synonymous with this phrase, you need to practice the presence of God. Um, He said this, and you can find it in this amazing book, Practicing the Presence of God, our only business is to love and delight ourselves in God. Our, the Christian's only business, our only aim in life, all our aim, not only, but this is the main aim, the, the centre of life, is to love and delight ourselves in God. This is exactly what Jesus was saying when he responded to this scribe, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. In John chapter 15, we read a few weeks ago, Jesus says, remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. Another translation says, abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. And I, I was speaking about remain means relate, continually relate to me. That's Jesus, and you'll bear much fruit. And this is what Brother Lawrence was saying. Our main and sole aim and delight is to love God. And so uh, Jesus says there, yeah, love God. That's our, our, our center, our aim, our delight. And that love for God is with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. In other words, he says this, with an undivided heart. In other words, Jesus says, this is the aim, this is the thing, this is the heart of the matter, and with your human heart, love God, love me with an undivided heart, with your complete attention, with all of your heart. I've said this many times over the years, I've been at Oasis, is an outlook fuels my outlook. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. Not something we make up, not something that sounds good, but Jesus says when we look to God with our whole hearts, with a desire of love, 
then everything else feeds into our hearts and lives. It, it comes on to the second part that Jesus said, then when you love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, he then says, love others, love your neighbour as yourself. It's uh, the second part to what he says. And so my looking towards God, my outlook, my looking to God, then fuels and releases my life as I, I reach out and love those around me. Love others, love your world. Second thing is this, love others. He says, love your neighbour as yourself, verse 39. Um, Jesus said this in John 13, verse 35. Everyone will know that you're my disciples when you love one another. I haven't got time to unpack that in its full at this moment, but that's radical, incredible, simple, amazing statement. He said, the world, all people will know you're my disciples when you, that's the believers, love one another. You know, there's a need for a sense of community of believers. It's the love shared in the community of believers. To be community, we need close proximity. And, uh, you know, one of the things about church life and the church can be that you can have a whole bunch of people together who not really know each other that well, even though they've been around and around each other for many, many years. Um, it's not around the programs, but it's around the person. The love for Jesus and then a love that is then shared towards one another. And so there's this, this desire of, of then taking the, the, the outlook to an outlook of loving those around me. And Jesus said, this is, the world will know you're my disciples when you love one another. That's radical. Not when you raise the dead, but when you love one another. And I'm sure that when we do love one another with the supernatural love of God that we're experiencing, then that flow of the supernatural love of God will release a flow of miracles in and through our lives. I'm, I don't doubt that. But that's amazing. And so it's through community and pl close proximity and uh, so there's, there's, a, there's a need and a desire to, to gather, to, to be, and at this moment, close proximity isn't something that, that we're being advised to do, and we, we, we've, but we're looking forward to that time when we can come beside and be with one another. And, uh, you know, as a church here at Oasis, one of the things that, that we, we do see is that we can, we will be looking to gather together as well as gathering online, but also gathering in person at, at some point in the near, in the future but not only uh, as a, a general bigger gathering, but we, we, we understand the idea of gathering in smaller groups as well as an opportunity of not only loving God, but beginning to love one another. And thirdly, he says, not only love God, uh, love each other, but love your world. Your, your neighbour is those that believe, the other believers, but also not only those that, be, that believe, that, that, but that live around us, our neighbour, our fellow believers, but also the world in which you and I come into contact with. You know, changed hearts transform communities. And, you know, you and I can be that revolution. Um, Mother Teresa said this, love of Jesus is everything. Her love for Jesus caused her to love her world and to reach those around her. She wasn't told you need to do a program to reach these people. She loved Jesus so much, she loved other believers so much, that she loved the dying and the poor on the streets of Calcutta. And so incredible was her life that the Catholic Church um, recognised that incredible life and that supernatural life. Um, uh, she's known as Saint Teresa of Calcutta. What I'm getting at there, though, is this, is that loving our world comes out of loving Jesus, loving one another, and then that supernatural love for the world around us. You know, um, 
just to say that this morning, you know, you and I can bring about a change. We can bring about a love revolution, the revolution of Christ within our lives when we love God, love each other, and love our world. And it's as simple and incredible and as powerful and also challenging as that. You know, when we are fueled by the supernatural love of God, ordinary people can do extraordinary things. Just like Mother Teresa, she was fueled by this supernatural agape love of God whereby she reached her world and reached out to those around us. Will you join us on this journey of a love revolution? I encourage you, I commend it to you, and pray that you will not only find God's love, you'll live in God's love, and will show that love to the world around us. God bless you and thank you.